Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Edit Your Life podcast. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we believe that baby steps are the key to getting there. Good morning, Asha. Hello. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. I am sitting here in a little bit of like disbelief. We're just a couple weeks out from the end of 2020. I can only imagine many people are thinking, thank goodness this year is finally over almost. I think, yeah, I, I have a feeling many millions of people are thinking that. Yeah, yeah. I, I have especially appreciated seeing the um, 2020 dumpster fire Christmas ornaments, um, photos of those <laughs> circulating around. It's very, very in my lane. Um, well, you know, this is our last official episode of 2020. So I just thought it would be a good time to reflect. You know, I think there it's it's a... It's a year with lots of feelings. And honestly, it was kind of I, in order to kind of get my thoughts around this, I I went to my Instagram feed to look back mm. and remind myself what happened like BP before pandemic. <laughs> right. And a lot happened. It was there was a lot of good that happened this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, well, you know, it's such a strange thing. You know, my sort of reflection process was a little different. And, um, you know, in some ways this year really does feel like it. It feels like a whole lifetime. and. And I say that like not even with the requisite joke about how one week feels like one year in 2020. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really does feel like a lifetime. And I mean, maybe it kind of has been a lifetime. I feel like we we are all living a new life. And granted, it's temporary. You know, we're not going to be living a pandemic life forever. But I think we've all had experiences, um, you know, that have probably changed the way the future is going to go for us forever. So mm. yeah, reflection feels really different this year, but it was such a, I'm so glad that I'm so glad we're doing this and that I actually took a moment to reflect because um, it was a good, it was a really good exercise. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say just straight up that one of the things that I've been rather struck by is that this year has been very revealing. I feel like Never before have people's decision making and true selves been like just revealed by what's happening in the world. In some ways, that's been good and amazing, and in some ways, not so great. Um, I'm talking about myself personally here too, so we'll we'll cover it a little bit more later. But I just feel like life equals humbling. 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I feel like in some ways, I mean, it's edit your life writ large. You know, mm-hmm. we have we have all been come face to face in so many ways with the things that are important to us. And, uh, and, and like you said, I think, you know, none of us asked, none of us have, you know, asked to come here, but it has been so revealing. And, you know, it's sort of interesting for me. I mean, and we'll talk about this throughout the episode, you know, my, my year really has been um, such a journey, you know, through grief and, and other things. And so I haven't, um, it's I feel like I haven't exactly been awake throughout the whole year because mm-hmm. I've really been contending with, you know, with big things. But, you know, as the year is coming to a close and I'm sort of, um, you know, in some ways getting back to normal a little bit more, I'm feeling these little glimmers like these little it's almost like pre-learning. It's like mm-hmm. I'm about to learn something big. My brain just can't handle it yet. But because we're still in it. But mm-hmm. I feel like um, I I I do feel feel that feeling like there will come a time when I look back on this and say, oh, yeah, like that's when I realized um, some of the most important things I'll ever realize. So I I feel like I feel like that learning is up ahead in the future. It may not be here yet, mm-hmm. but um, but it, but it is humbling. And I, you know, I, I hope there's going to be some, you know, some positive lessons that come out of it someday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, let's get started. I want to ask you the first question of this episode, Asha. Mm -hmm. What was your most peopley experience pre-pandemic? (laughs) BT. Okay. So this was so fun to think about my most peopley experience because, well, I mean, it was fun, but it was also like, uh, you know, well, let me just tell you what it was. My daughter Mirabai was the lead in the high school musical last spring. She was Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. She was radiant. And she was just she radiant. was I mean it was the most magnificent thing. And um so uh, you know I'll just frame it a little bit for you in that um you know my my father died on February 7th and the lead, and the musical was in mid-March. And so I spent a month at my mom's house, um, you know, helping my mom and doing stuff at home. And we came from my my parents live in the Bay Area, California. We came from the Bay Area to Portland to um, see Mirabai in The Wizard of Oz with the idea that, OK, we'll come back and see it, watch her do her thing. And then we'll go back because there was a lot more to do. And, you know, this was right before the pandemic. So we did not know that we were going to get trapped here uh, mm-hmm. because of the lockdown. So that was sort of the lead up. So, you know, no pandemic. It was sort of this strange possible thing happening in other parts of the world. And, you know, my mom and I had just been through this, um, you know, we were really in shock in some ways. And so that moment was not only just a fun moment, but it was literally this moment where we could just be surrounded by music and joy and mm-hmm. um, seeing my daughter just you know, there was a moment where she was just by herself on the stage singing somewhere over the rainbow. And, you know, she's this person with this amazingly strong voice. And it was just, I mean, it was magnificent. And I have often throughout the entire year, like transported myself back to that seat in that Mm -hmm. theater, just so I could, just so I could be there. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So that that moment will always I mean, it would have been in a normal year. It still would have been special to me. But but now it was really special. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. What about you? What was your most people experience <laughs> pre-pandemic? Uh, by far. I mean, actually, a bunch of people things happened in February. Uh, and I'll talk about one of the other ones later. But by far, the most people experience was in February. I took Violet to her first Celtics game. So that's like me, us. And, you know, I think roughly 20,000 other people. <laughs> so it's pretty people-y. Um, and I look at the pictures now and just feel so happy thinking about that moment and also just want to gag thinking like, oh my gosh, we were around that many people. Like it's just <laughs> the context is just totally different. But I I do want to just, uh, since you provided a little backstory, just a fun little bit about that experience is my sister who she lives in corporate world and, you know, has access to corporate things. And so had offered us um, the tickets in the corporate box and that came complete with like fancy parking pass so we could just drive in and park and um and it was really fun and we invited it was four tickets so we invited one of I's um it's like a lovely pairing of friends like she's good friends with the daughter I'm good friends with the mom so it was like a real fun mom and daughter outing and uh yeah it, and their teacher the girl's teacher that year is a huge basketball fan. So, you know, we took pictures next to, and Larry Bird fans. So we took pictures mm-hmm. near like, you know, Larry Bird stuff and, you know, sent them to him. And it was just, uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was a huge crowd. And I really am not sure I will ever be able to do that again for a very long time. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I totally would have been your like basketball box buddy. I know that it was like so, so fancy. Fun. I love it. I love fancy. I have to admit, I do love like the like fancy things. I love, I don't do them all the time, obviously, but like mm-hmm. I do like it. And, you know, it was so funny because one other little funny moment, you know, the lady, you don't get up to get your concessions. The people come and take your order for the concessions mm. <laughs> in well, the fancy box. Of course. So there were, there was like an ice cream sandwich on the menu or something. And we were like, and I was like, are you kidding me? $15 for an ice cream sandwich. Oh, of course we're going to get them, you know, for the girls. And they were literally the size of the kids' heads. They were not like your typical (laughs) rectangular ice cream sandwich. They were like literally the size of a plate. So Uh, there were just a lot of fun little moments in that, in that super fun. My dad was, my dad was a Celtics fan. Oh, so I, I grew up watching Larry Bird, believe me. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I didn't grow up watching him, but I mean, I like I, I, I knew about I knew about basketball through my dad. Cool. That's very so, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to um, dig into stuff about the pandemic um, and we will do that after a quick break. Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages six and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. 
Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, friends, we're back. And we are sort of swapping questions thinking about moments from 2020, and I have a question. Okay. (laughs) I want to ask you, Christine, what has been the hardest thing about the pandemic for you? Well, Uh, you know, just we'll just start it nice and light. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the big one is not seeing people and not um, in the normal way, not seeing people's faces. Yeah. I think um, two things that I'll point out just because I – think I wasn't prepared for how difficult they would be. One was adjusting to remote learning in the fall. I, you know, I thought that the spring I'm now realizing was really, or I realized a while ago was really emergency learning. It wasn't true remote learning. Mm -hmm. And the fall was just terrible. It was, I mean, I think it was, and it wasn't even so much the kids. It was me. It was me figuring out like, okay, how do I work full time, juggle the kids handle this new puppy we have. I mean, all things that like were not terribly surprising, but I think being the point person for everything all day while things were so, you know, all over the place was very difficult. And I did not, I was not prepared. You know me, I'm like, okay, I'll develop a punch list. I'll develop a plan. We'll make it work. I was not prepared for how difficult that was. So that Mm -hmm. was hard. And then I would say, and this is looping back to the humbling thing I mentioned at the very beginning of the show. Um, I think through the pandemic and then also through election season, developing a new level of anger at people I don't know, which Mm. did not feel good. Like, that's not who I like to be or who I think I am. I I generally try to be somebody who feels deep empathy and feels like, okay, every person is like multidimensional, et cetera, et cetera. But I found myself very angry. And that Mm. was not, that's not my favorite. Anger has characteristically been a very scary space for me due to my Mm -hmm. growing up and the anger that I saw and experienced. Um, so that was, that was hard. That was hard. How about you? Yeah. 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 Gosh, so much to say. I I mean, uh, there's plenty I could say too, you know, and I, I think, you know, at this point I've talked quite a lot about grief. So I think that clearly has been the hardest thing for me. Um, you know, going through the grief over my dad's death without the ability to, sort of hang on to the routines and the regular sources of connection that, you know, one one has when it's not a pandemic. So, you know, I've talked about that before, but I think, you know, one of the other things that I I I just really got to 
reflect on as we were doing this is to really think about the um, political manipulation of this pandemic. Mm. That has been, to me, one of the hardest, most um, mind boggling things, actually, is that um, somehow or another um, mask wearing and even the vaccines and and just the general public safety um, steps that we're all needing to take have been so unbelievably politicized Mm. and, you know, politicized intentionally by people who are trying to maintain power. I I just find that that um, that to me has just been it's been not only infuriating, but it's been a tragedy because so many I mean, this is causing obviously thousands of casualties. I mean, and um I didn't think that was really possible. I mean, I mm-hmm. thought a lot was possible politically, but I didn't think it was possible to um, manipulate a public health emergency the way that it has happened. And mm-hmm. that has been for me, one of the hardest things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hey, all right. Yeah. Well, let's, let's move to positive things. Um, yeah. What have been the best things about the pandemic? Have there been any? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that a strange thing? I mean, it's, 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 it's a hard question to, to answer in some ways, but at the same time, there really have been some things that I think, you know, I'm not going to use exactly positive words, but again, that are lessons that I think will have positive effects on, you know, our lives going forward. I know for me, um, you know, I talked about how, you know, it's been difficult to go through grief without, you know, the sort of usual social connection and all of that, that I, you know, would lean on. Um, uh, you know, at the same time, there has been in my life um, this space to withdraw and withdraw in a in a good way to just sort of be quiet and heal and understand that the rest of the world has slowed down on some level. So, I mean, you know, again, it's not good, but it has also but it has been helpful. You know, um, I think that um, I am feeling so much um, gratitude for my family's living situation. I mean, we are okay. Like we're able to manage economically. We live in a city where um, COVID safety measures are pretty well accepted among the people who live here, you know? So I'm, I, I have been spending a lot of time looking around at, you know, my sort of actual day-to-day life being really, really grateful for that. And um I, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the the time and reconnection with my husband. Um, that is also very, very fortunate because let me tell you, this pandemic, you know, quarantine time has been tricky for many, many marriages. And I mean, and ours as well. This has not been an easy time, but we have, you know, worked through a bunch of things that I don't know if we would have worked through had we not had so much time together and sort of been forced to work through it. So mm-hmm. that's actually really illuminating and humbling. <laughs> and then, you know, on a more just like mundane level, in some ways, I feel like uh, the mental exercise of managing this new way to cook and grocery shop has been surprisingly like interesting. And I'm not going to say fun, but <laughs> I have learned some new ways to cook. I'm cooking different food. Um, I feel pretty proud of what I've done, actually. I think I'm a pretty good cook and better than I thought. Mm, so mm-hmm. that's been sort of interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about yeah, you? That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say that generally, I think I've referenced on previous shows that um, I have appreciated some of the ways the systems have improved um, due to having to 
you know, do things in a totally socially distant way. So there are, there are some like mechanical things like with like different businesses we want to support and the way they're doing things. And that, that, that has actually been kind of great, but um, otherwise I would say, you know, this opportunity to really has really forced us, as you said, to kind of tune in what matters and do things a different way. I've, I've seen that around the holidays, you know, really doing things the way that you want to do them instead of the way you feel like you should do them. That has been amazing. And, you know, it's interesting, the flip side of my sort of worst thing about the pandemic, you know, about not being able to see people the way you usually see them is that I feel like I've been able to connect even more deeply with some friends and family, meaning that the limitations on how, on what our usual contact looks like has really revealed like who you feel more urgent to connect with in a limited ways, how creative you get about that to make it happen. I mean, I, I don't know. I found that to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, I've, I've really, food has been a centerpiece, not always fun, but I'm also really proud of like our increased awareness about food waste and minimizing that and making more things from scratch, that kind of thing. And then, you know, the two big acquisitions, like one was James, the dog who has been, <laughs> who has been oh. like serious dog therapy and anybody who wants yeah. to see his dog therapy like should go to Instagram stories. Cause that's where I post a lot of it. He's just a delight. And now that we're in a routine with him, he's about nine months old. Everything just feels easier. Um, oh. and then the like big, a whole thing, new life, it's whole a whole new, new life. It a really whole new is personality in your family. Yeah. Yeah. And then the big thing also, which, um, this is the first time I'm actually saying it publicly, it occurs to me, is that we fulfilled a long-time dream, like a five-year dream, and acquired some acreage in Vermont. Um, so that is a huge thing. And we yeah. it's just sitting there at the moment, but um, that happened sort of unexpectedly and quickly. It, it was after years of searching, just saw the perfect thing, and we jumped on it, and we're like, oh my God, is this the worst decision ever? Like we, It was just at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm. Um, but it felt right. And we went with our gut and we're so delighted. Yeah. What, what an amazing thing. I mean, and, and how interesting it is that, that this pandemic, you know, as you said, it, it has provided clarity about what's important, you know, in many mm-hmm. ways. And, um, the, I almost feel like the sort of extra space in life, it, it makes it possible to make some pretty big moves. I mean, and like you said, like, is this a, is this a crazy decision? But like your gut feelings seem clearer right now, at least mm-hmm. mine do. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think yeah. that's, I think that's great. I, I do know of other people who are just making big changes in their lives. I mean, in different ways. And it's like, well, you know, like life is different and I'm going to change with it, you mm-hmm. know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting how, you know, how we all react to times like this. Some of us, yeah. you know, hunker down and change is not really on the you know, on the table or in the cards and for other people, you know, opportunities come up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I love to hear that. Let's, let's get a little more specific. Are there any fun, like professional moments or developments that you want to share anything that happened this year? Yeah. Um, there actually, there actually were some very fun things. And I, I, um, I had to, again, look back on my feed to be reminded of what happened, but <laughs> Um, one of the, the most notable thing pre pandemic, um, was that I did my first speaking engagement with John in February. This was like the last flight that I took this year. 
Um, that was at Dad Two Summit in Washington D.C. It was quite peopley. It was the very other peopley thing. I when I look back, that was like I think two weeks before shutdown. And so thinking back to all the hands I shaked and the hugs and everything again makes me <laughs> a little queasy. But we survived. Um, and out of that, in the summer came John and my podcast. We launched Hello Relationships, our um, podcast. Oh, and I guess I'll make another brand new announcement here that. We're doing season two. It's coming oh, yes. in 2021. Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> I know. I'm just full of surprises today. Well, um, I mean, geez, what a different landscape. Anyway, we'll I know, discuss later. I know. It's crazy, right? And then a couple of uh, notable things that happened after the pandemic that were just like, I don't know, it's just been fun. One was I did my first live cake decorating demo, which I did for Mom2 Summit, like on Instagram. And it ended up, I was like, I had never done anything like that. And I was like, this could be a total disaster, like live on the air. But it ended up being so fun. Um, and some people said very therapeutic to watch. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I've I never watched anything about cake on the Internet. And I st- stood there watching you put frosting on that cake. I was like, this is the best. <laughs> <laughs> it was very therapeutic. Um and then, and then I saw you make the cake. I, I saw you do it. And still at the end, I was like, how did she do that? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it was really, really fun. And then, um, you know, I've still done a few speaking engagements, like from the comfort of my home, which has been awesome. Mm-hmm. And then um, what else? Um, oh, a big thing is we finally migrated. We're almost done. Um, our Brave New World Designs production to a third party, like production partner, which is Huge because prior to that, I won't get go into the nitty gritty, but basically Christine Co was doing everything um, from our <laughs> studio here, and it was both wonderful and totally exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a huge development. And then the latest thing, I guess, is um, I won live stream of the year. I w- and apparently a trophy is on its way in the mail. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> which I have to say, I'm pretty excited about getting a trophy. I like trophies. trophies are- Come on. Trophies are amazing. They are amazing. <laughs> there's a trophy. There's like a like this old style trophy, you know, engraving company in my neighborhood. And I just walked by and was looking in the window thinking, who could I buy a trophy for? Like, why would I buy a trophy and who could I buy it for? I mean, there are all sorts of crazy trophies in there. Yeah. And I then I thought to myself, should I buy one for myself? Anyway, <laughs> you have a, uh, you have a trophy. You're good. <laughs> I, I have a trophy, but I wouldn't mind another. But yeah. anyway, the point is, it is great. And that was very exciting when you won that. Thank you. Mm. How about you? What Any fun professional things that you want to make note of? <laughs> I'm laughing because um, the the short answer is no. <laughs> the longer <laughs> Which answer. Which is fine. <laughs> the longer answer. I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm sort of laughing about it, but it's sad because I, you know, I actually had some pretty big plans for new projects in January 2020 and actually had gotten started on them, um, some of which were somewhat literary. But then my dad went into the hospital on January 30th. And then so began my uh, detour, shall we say. And so I have not done much official professional work this year. And besides this podcast and even the podcast you know, with Christine's help, I had a massive, you know, break for a while. Like I took a big summer hiatus um, because I was really focused on helping my mom and 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 everything that was going on with the pandemic. So um, 
where that leaves me is in foundation building mode. Like I am really, I think in some ways starting from scratch and Mm -hmm. that is not necessarily a bad place to be. Um, You know, it's sort of interesting. My, um, my son turned 21 and my daughter is going to be graduating in high, graduating high school in 2021. So I am at like empty nest territory. Right. And so in some ways, you know, that's, that's a, a sort of, rebuilding time of sorts in its own way. So I think um, let's just see, you know, what's on the horizon for 2021. This has really been a year where I've been focused on family and focused on um, personal health and, and all that stuff. So, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see what's next. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exciting. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, what about, you know, any notable fun personal moments you want to share? I know we talked about the musical, but yes. are there other yes. things? Yes. Um, you know, so they're just all actually they really are, you know, and it was fun to think about this. Um, believe it or not, one thing that I am um, most happy about is I planted this memorial rose garden for my dad. Um, and I added uh, this really special plant for my mother-in-law, who also passed away this year. And um, these roses are really special because these are actually roses from my parents' house, uh, rose bushes. And my dad planted these rose bushes when I was a little kid. Mm. And so I grew up helping my dad water them, prune them, everything. And, you know, I am now in my fifties and those roses are still there. And, uh, my mom was like, ah, these rose bushes, you know, he planted them right next to the driveway. So you'd get out of the car and they would catch your clothes and they would rip (laughs) your sweater. And it wasn't exactly the most genius design decision, um, so mom has been frustrated with these roses for 50 years and, uh, or however many years, 40 years. So I actually dug them up and brought them home and planted wow. them here in Portland. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So, so actual roses that my dad tended for many, many years are now in my garden. And that makes me happy every time I walk by. So, um, so yeah, a lot of my personal moments really have to do with gardening. I, uh, tried and failed to raise a vegetable garden from seed. I didn't totally fail, but I mostly failed, but it was still fun. And um, spending time with my mom has been, to me, one of the great highlights of this year. Um, She was unexpectedly stranded here for four months during the spring lockdown. And this was completely unexpected and at the time felt like a disaster. And of course, now I think to myself, I got to spend the beginning of the lockdown with my mom and so many people were, you know, isolated from their parents. So Mm -hmm. I just now feel incredibly lucky for that time. I feel like our relationship completely changed um, in a wonderful way. And, and that's really amazing. And I think the last thing I'll say, um, this is pretty powerful, actually. Um, My experience of this year has somehow or another quieted my inner critic. Um, You know, we all have an inner critic. Yeah, I know. That's quite quite a thing to end with. I think that'll be maybe the topic for another podcast. it's the biggest and most surprising development of all for me. Um, I just feel, let's just say every morning that I wake up, I feel like it's a new chance to try something differently. And I'm, I'm not as critical of what has gone on in the past. So that's the biggest personal development. Okay, we need to discuss that further. Okay, we will. At some point. We will discuss. Yeah, that's a big one. Okay. Selfishly, because I feel a little bit the opposite, but <laughs> which <laughs> okay, I always well, think is fascinating. But um. Well, uh, believe me, no one is more surprised than me. This is not, this just sort of happened. So oh, we'll, we'll discuss. Let's hope fabulous. hopefully it lasts. That's fabulous. What about you? Um, I just have two quick things to share, which, um, 
again, I had to be reminded of through photos, but um, one was this was kind of a big year in that this was my June marked my 20 year anniversary with John, my favorite mm. human on the planet. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, I, I like milestones. And so mm-hmm. I remember really thinking about just all the people and moments. Like there was so much that, you know, <laughs> there's so much that has happened in the last 20 years or 23 mm-hmm. since I've known him. Um, so that was awesome. And then the other one I'm, I'm moment, I'm going to point out with a little smile on my face because <laughs> it was coordinating an end of the year parade for Violet's beloved third grade teacher, the one who loves basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this was all happening after a very crazy emergency learning spring. And I think the reason I was smiling is because the joke around our house is that I was the classroom coordinator, which John did not even know until I coordinated the parade. He's like, you're the classroom coordinator. I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you see this tiara I'm wearing? Exactly. That's not normally a role. I usually (laughs) honestly shy away from volunteer things, but um, (laughs) I did. I, I was the classroom coordinator and um, we I didn't even know if I was allowed to do this on school property, but we coordinated like a parade through the through the school um, driveway and it was just really sweet. And I took pictures and made a Google album so people could get I told all the parents, like, don't worry about trying to take photos. I'll take all the photos and post them up. And I made a basketball, a cake that looked like a basketball with all the kids on names on it so it was just it was very cute and Uh I love that teacher and human so much so it Uh was that was really like a highlight actually oh yeah and being able to do something like that for somebody you love who's done so much for you for Violet that must have felt so good yeah yeah it was really great all right well we have a couple more things a couple more questions we're going to pose and we will do that after a quick break hello you sentient ball of stardust My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness, and I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. 
And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. All right, friends, we're back and we're almost we're almost done, but we're, we still got a little more like remembering to do. So, Christine, here's my next question. What were your favorite moments of advocacy? Oh, boy. This is a big year for that. This was a big year for that. I mean, I think there was this was a big year for a lot of people. Um, I mean, I think one of the things that sort of broke me <laughs> was all the just horrendous, um, you know, racial stuff that this country was dealing with. And so I think even though the moment with George Floyd kind of broke me, it also um, helped me sort of push the dialogue. And I ended up, I was silent for several days, which is sort of uncharacteristic for me. And then, um, and then I just rolled up my sleeves and got to work and was really proud of some of that work that I was doing, um, having Mm -hmm. conversations online with people. I think, um, you know, working the polls for the primaries and then the, um, November election, that was huge. That was very different for me, very out of my comfort zone, especially given my anxiety about COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a really big one. And then I think the, like, and I'm again saying this with a smile on my face, was you were the person who turned me on to vote mm-hmm. forward, writing mm-hmm. letters, and I became mm-hmm. obsessed with it. And um, so obsessed that I started shooting video about it in my car while I was waiting during soccer. I called them my soccer practice office hours where I would... Mm-hmm talk about letter writing. And I think um, the cool thing was just hearing from so many people after that, that they wrote letters or that I remember I was sort of stunned. There was one woman who said, you know, as an Asian woman, I've been sort of taught to like be quiet and you have taught me that I can be, be vocal and just Mm -hmm. like lots of moments like that, where it sort of blew my mind a little bit. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it was pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. It was pretty awesome. Even though this was a very stressful year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How about you? Um, you had a big year. <laughs> I, <laughs> I did have a big year. I, I think that, um, you know, again, I feel like I, I, I feel like I need to really do a deep dive and, and, and really almost have like a four year retrospective for myself of, of my advocacy work. But, um, but this year, you know, the two big things for me, um, was first of all, um, I co-founded something called Democracy Club. It's a model for political activism that that works similarly to a book club, book book Mm -hmm. club, you know, just a group of small group of friends obviously has had to change uh, for the pandemic because we're we're not getting together in each other's living rooms anymore. But um, I wrote an op ed about Democracy Club, what it is, how we came to, you know, found it. And it was published in my local newspaper. And that was part of. part of a huge goal that I had, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year. And so to have that published at the end of the year, that was really powerful for me. So that is going to be something that I'm going to be really talking about and taking forward with me into 2021 and beyond. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'll link up that op-ed in the show notes so folks can read it. It's just a short little um, essay, um, but really, really proud of it. Mm -hmm. And then um, the other big thing was creating and launching Vote Plus One, which was my voter turnout video series and podcast. That was just like an idea that came up for me and I just made it happen. And it was a huge learning learning process for me, you know, with videos and Facebook videos and Instagram videos and YouTube and, and all these various platforms and how to do all that stuff. 
Um, but it was really, um, it was just something creative and it was a way for me to reach out to people that I've been talking about. Um, you know, I've been talking about voting for years now. So in many ways, 2020 was, you know, the culmination of four years of work for me. And that is remarkably gratifying, incredibly gratifying. And also, you know, I got to say, it's a doorway to understanding how I feel connected to my own country. That's just not something that I really ever thought about before. And I think about it really differently now. So I know that going forward, it's going to be different for me. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, yeah. and the work doesn't end, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like this year, yeah. So, so you know. there's so much more I could say, but those two things really were special mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, the last thing I want to ask you is what are some things you can't wait to do once it's safe to do things again? <laughs> mm. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, um, you know what? The top of my list is traveling, mm-hmm. travel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from the basic travel, like basically drive to California to go see my mom and help her with the house. That is the thing that I most want to do. And I am not doing it right now. And it's very difficult. Um, you know, I want to, I want to travel to LA and see my friend, you know, my family And I really want to travel to India to see my family there Mm -hmm. and to bring part of my dad's ashes back to India. That is something that I am just like, I can't wait to go do these things. Yeah. Um, But beyond that, also just traveling and exploring, like just traveling for fun. I am ready for some road trips. I am ready to get on a plane. I'm just ready to go places again and be with people and be with people in the world, you know. Um, And then the other huge thing is to participate in my kids' musical lives. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to listen to my kids sing. Both of my kids are in choirs. Um, They haven't been able to sing in choirs for all this time. Um, You know, hearing them sing, hearing not just them, but the the whole choir, like choral music. It's just powerful and amazing Mm -hmm. and healing. And I can, I'm going to listen to every single (laughs) concert, live stream, everything I can. And uh, I just can't wait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are the things. Yeah. What about, yeah, yeah. That's good. What about you? Um, you know, I think obviously, yes, going, yes to going places. Um, although I think, you know, some of it is just very simple. I just would like to see people's whole faces mm-hmm. <laughs> in person. Um, you know, you see them unmasked on Zoom. But um, and I would also say hugging my mom like I it's it's almost a little weird how regularly I, unlike you, you know, my mom lives about 15 minutes away from me by car. So I have seen her very regularly, uh, you know, doing grocery drop-offs and whatnot, but I have not actually hugged her since, you know, early March when everything happened. And I would just really like to hug my mom. (laughs) Um, The simple things, right? It's the simple things we appreciate. Mm -hmm. And then on a little more, um, no, it's not fluffy. It's not fluffy. I was going to say it's fluffy, but I would like to get my hair cut. <laughs> I, I haven't done that, that since August 2019, uh, yeah. just the way the timing worked out. And uh, I would desperately like to get a massage. I, mm-hmm. I think I shared on this show at one point that this year was the year that I was like really trying to get my sort of my self-care in order. And so I had put scheduled like and every other month massage with my body worker, like I booked like six of them out in advance and I've just watched. Yeah. Which was huge. That was like very Mm -hmm. organized for me. And so to watch them gradually fall off the calendar as the months Mm -hmm. have ticked by has been a little tragic. So Mm -hmm. I desperately Mm -hmm. could use some work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have a foam roller? 
I do. I'm terrible at using it, but I okay. do. No, I no, I'm not saying it can stand in for a massage, but it can help in the meantime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. I mean, I've been doing my yoga regularly. I just, mm-hmm. um, having somebody, you know, it's kind of like going to therapy, like having somebody yeah. work exclusively oh, yeah. on you is pretty amazing. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially like those hands on you. It's just, yeah. it's a thing, you know, to, yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's very loving and she's definitely like a healer. So, yeah. um, all right. That's powerful. I well, think the the first time you get a massage, it's gonna, there's probably going to be crying. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Like even the idea to me of having somebody miss, like that just makes me cry even thinking about yeah. it. just that uh, release. That just seems so great. Absolutely. All right. Well, this is perfect timing that we're uh, wrapping up, Asha, because the mm-hmm. um, house next to us is being renovated and the clanging is just about to start. So <laughs> I'm good. So Ring we might have some old. in our outro here. But um, what is your next edit for this episode? Literally ring out the old is part of my next edit. So which with a is dumpster to- with dumpster noise. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is literally to plan a goodbye 2020 ritual. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny. I am not a New Year's Eve celebrator. I definitely like, you know, getting fancy and eating caviar and all that stuff that people talk about doing. It's like, nope, no, thanks. I'm going to get in my PJs and, you know, go to bed at 11. But this year, I plan to ring out the old. Let me tell you, I plan to stand on my friend's steps at midnight and like bang pots and pans or something. All right there. <laughs> so I don't know. You might choose something a little more glamorous, a little less obnoxious. But honestly, I think that we should all choose something to really mark the ending of this year and celebrate crossing this threshold, uh, you know, of time into a new year. Seriously, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. something to celebrate. I agree. I agree. What about what about you? Well, I'm actually going to recommend doing something a little more sort of like every day. And uh, although you could choose to bring some pots and pans with you, um, and that <laughs> is to <laughs> play something called high or low regularly. Um, this is something I picked up from an educator friend years ago, and it really just impacted my thinking. We do this at the dinner table almost every night with our kids. And you just ask everybody, what's a high and a low from your day? Um, And I think that for me, the reason this is important is that one, it actually helps you get a window on like what's going on with your kids in a way that you'll just learn stuff. And then it's also just been a really good, like simple, not heavy handed gratitude exercise, um, which has helped us, I think, kind of get through what's happening. So Mm. um, I, you know, you could do this, pick a high low from the year, you know, we've done a year in review here, but I actually encourage just like a quick daily touch point with it. Really, really Mm -hmm. helpful. Uh, you know, and you have been doing this for so many years, years. with your family. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's really amazing. Yeah. Oh, wow. This was a really great um, opportunity to just think about things. So thanks for this, Christine. I know. This it's is so awesome. Fun. Yeah. Well, friends, you'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to the resources we mentioned, plus lots of great related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. And this week, we'd like to know, what do you want to bring with you into 2021? Hop over to facebook.com slash edityourlifeshow and look for the question of the week pinned to the top of the page. Or you can chat with us on Instagram at edityourlifeshow. And finally, we wanted to thank you for spending this year with us. Your encouragement, feedback, and conversation have given us so much hope and comfort, and we hope we have done the same for you. This is our last regular episode of the year, and we'll be back after our winter break on January 14th, 2021. We wish you safe, healthy holidays and a hopeful new year. Thanks for listening. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. 
My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.